Presented by the United States Sentencing Commission, this is Sentencing Practice Talk, a regular podcast for federal sentencing practitioners covering topics of interest. Here is your host, Rachel Pierce. Good morning and welcome to the podcast this morning. This is the third and final installment in our Emerging Technologies series. Uh, again, I'm joined by my coworker, Pete Madsen. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. Um, today we're gonna be talking about hacking, cracking, phishing, and malware, just to name a few of the terms that we're gonna be discussing this morning. Uh, many of us have heard some of these, I think everybody's heard of hacking, maybe right. not cracking. Phishing is is a little bit more of a, a recent phenomenon that I think right. people have heard of. A lot of times you think about like the Yahoo email hack or the OPM breach, right. which so many of us were affected by, or the target breach. True. Your target card you know, gets, gets hacked. Um, but we don't necessarily know how it's done. So Pete, why don't you enlighten us on how, it, sort of the behind the scenes. Sure, I think I can do that. And you mentioned about Yahoo, OPM, and Target. Uh, I hit the trifecta, I guess, because I got mm -hmm. hacked in all three oh, of them. Oh, did you really? <laughs> Yahoo email, my OPM, obviously, and Target. Wow. I love shop at Target, but. Uh, <laughs> we all do. <laughs> in the cases you just mentioned, uh, most oftentimes it's a phishing attack. And a phishing attack is where an individual sends a mass or a flood of emails to a group of people, hoping at least one person or maybe multiple people will actually click on the malicious link or open an attachment, which in turn releases malware or some kind of virus, which then allows hacker access to the company's internal yeah. system. Now in some cases, <coughs> individuals have used what's called a spear phishing attack. This is a much more specific attack in which the individual targets a specific employee or company, hoping that the person targeted will click on the link or open the attachment. Either scheme actually works just fine. It just depends on who the hacker is targeting and what specific information they're actually looking for. So this is why we always hear, unless you know where it's coming from, don't yes. click on that link. I gotta tell my mom and dad all the time, right. we got this link from this guy, and I'm like, don't click don't on it. Don't click on the link, never the click link. on the link. <laughs> never fails. Uh, so I mentioned when we first started, uh, several of the terms that we were gonna be talking about, one of which was cracking. Now, right. I, I think, like I mentioned, everyone's familiar with the hacker, the hacker right. term. Um, but most people haven't heard of cracking. I had never heard of cracking. So what is cracking? Cracking is, in essence, breaking into a computer system or another person's computer in order to steal either financial or personal information. Mm -hmm. They actually crack in. It's, it's not a matter of you know, sending the phishing attack or a spear phishing attack. They're actually going in the back door so it's a descriptive uh, term, really. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they literally are cracking. Mm -hmm. Now, you may have heard of some federal cases involving individuals getting personal photos of celebrities mm. and posting them on the internet. Yes. Um, there's actually been several convictions, and many individuals have been sentenced to prison for these similar crimes. So in these cases, the defendants actually break in or crack the password protection in order to gain access to a computer system, or in the case of the celebrities, many of them at least, their iCloud account. They oftentimes do that with specialized software or sometimes uh, social engineering where, you know, what's your pet's first name or what's your mm. favorite color? There's a lot of information that you can pull from individuals, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, account out there. So in essence, they're that's cracking using their own so, information. That is so interesting. Indeed. That is so interesting. Do you have any other examples for us? Yeah. Because now I'm hooked. <laughs> yeah, I know, right. <laughs> so last year, the city of Atlanta got hit by this Sam Sam ransomware hack. 
In that case, um, several city functions were crippled, including the court system. Wow. The hack actually prevented residents from paying water bills, which I'm sure they didn't complain about. Um, <laughs> it limited city communication, so city councillors couldn't email one another. And it actually forced the police department to file paper reports due to the lockdown on the city computer system. Mm. And in that case, we mentioned before about Bitcoin, sometimes uh, the, I guess the, the currency of criminals. And in that case, the hacker requested a ransom of $50,000 in Bitcoin to open all the shuttered services. Wow. That didn't happen. Um, unfortunately, the city services were down from March 22nd, 2018 to around May 31st, 2018. That's more than two months. That's incredible. So no water bills for two that months. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but think about all the other damage it did. You exactly. know, like the collateral damage. Well, the from collateral all damage. The you have the city. Um, they had to, they didn't pay the ransom, like I mentioned, but instead they actually hired IT experts to come in and fix the system and get the services back up and running. That alone cost them more than $2 million. Wow. Now, the city also lost about another $17 million or so in revenue when those other various services were down, too. That's serious. Yeah. It makes you wonder, maybe I should have just paid the $50,000 Well, I know. Ransom, I was sort of right? thinking that, but I wasn't going well, to say here, anything. Let me give you another example, then. So in another case, the defendant executed a want to cry, because you want to cry when you get attacked, <laughs> a ransomware attack on a hospital. And in that case, they demanded $20,000 dollars in Bitcoin. Hmm. Hospital's computing system was encrypted and inaccessible for about six hours while they hired a cybersecurity firm to conduct a network assessment. Their assessment said, pay the 20000 in Bitcoin. And wow. they did. So even though they paid the 20000 in Bitcoin, they still had additional losses of about 500000 in revenue for the system being down for about six hours or so. So did that affect the care in the hospital? Do you know? You know, I don't know how, it, I don't know for sure. I don't have that any could be that could be catastrophic. It obviously. very well could be catastrophic. Now, interestingly enough, in November 28th, I think it was uh, 2018, the DOJ actually indicted two Iranian nationals behind both of the attacks I just talked to you about uh, above. The indictment alleges that the defendants were able to extort more than six million dollars from other Sam Sam ransomware schemes, in which the victims simply paid the ransom. Wow. So the examples that, that we just talked about, uh, they seem to be where the defendants have done the hacking themselves. Right. And I'm wondering, would there ever be a situation where the defendant is not actually doing the hacking him or herself? Right. You know, I'm not a hacker. I don't have the skills to hack. not a hacker hack, either. But, you know, there are people you can pay to do ah, hacking services you could, for yeah, you. You could hire someone to hack Absolutely. for you. Absolutely. Okay. There was a case, actually, one of my uh, former colleagues in Minnesota had in 2017 where the defendant actually paid for an online hacking service found on the dark web. Surprise, surprise. surprise. Yeah, surprise. right. <laughs> <laughs> and what they did, they inflicted a year's worth of what's called distributed denial of service. Hmm. Those are called DDoS attacks. Okay. Um, and what those attacks do, they actually bring down the websites affiliated with the business where the defendant used to work. Mm. So a disgruntled employee disgruntled type of situation. Employee. Now those DDoS attacks, what they actually do is overwhelm a network with data. It just continually sends data to those various websites. It what ultimately does is end up blocking access for legitimate users and even knocking web services offline. Now in this case, like I mentioned before, he was not a hacker. He didn't have the skills himself, so he paid between nineteen ninety nine and one hundred ninety nine ninety nine in monthly payments to try down bring down, I guess, those web networks, um, which coincidentally also included the Minnesota Judicial Branch, Hennepin County, 
and then several local banks. That's interesting. So who knew you could actually like have you could finance your hacking you services? You could. That it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty amazing. That's very interesting. So we've talked about you know the collateral consequences and the loss that has occurred in a lot of these situations, especially right. when you're shutting down a city or a hospital. Right. Uh, I would think that restitution would be an issue in these cases. It am, is. Am I right? Loss and restitution mm -hmm. are both going to be issues. Right, so it often, uh, I guess you got to take diligent work working with the victim to actually determine what their losses are. Right. Uh, whether it's paying two million dollars for the IT firm to come in or the lost revenue time spent fixing those broken connections or in some cases retrieving lost or stolen data. Um, and I guess ultimately, in, like, as the hospital did, you have the loss associated restitution for the Bitcoin ransom. Mm -hmm. Now in the cases where personal photos were stolen, I think it's somewhat difficult to put a price on that yeah. loss financially, but right. certainly when it comes to restitution, you can compensate for uh, counseling or treatment. But there is no loss associated with, I guess, emotional or psychological pain. Uh, in other cases, like we mentioned, the time spent fixing the network, the cost bringing in experts to help fix and repair. So sometimes the loss can be associated with the lost revenue and the computer system when the computer system was down, as was the case in the, the city of Atlanta, where I think it was like $17 million or so in right. lost revenue. So. so it kind of sounds like you're, I'm just thinking, like typical to be 1.1 where you it can be tricky figuring right. out the loss and then the right. restitution and there's all right. kinds of different layers with who the victims are and what their losses are etc. Um, so are there any latest or newest trends that you've seen uh, regarding some of this conduct? Right, a, a much newer scheme we've seen, uh, some of my colleagues down in Texas have actually ca called and had some questions about some uh, guideline application, but it's actually called jackpotting. You okay. ever heard of that? Nope, never no, heard of it. Never Not heard of outside it. of a casino. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of like a, a casino from an ATM, so let me explain. Uh, in, uh, I think, 2013, the jackpotting actually originated in Mexico, which for whatever reason spread to Asia and Europe and had been around there for a few years. But in about the last year or so, it actually hit stateside. So what some defendants are doing is actually compromising ATMs by using special malware that then ejects all the cash at a particular ATM. That's the jackpotting. Jackpotting. <laughs> wow. That's it, interesting. Indeed. Now, That's in most of those cases, the defendant or one of the co-conspirators dresses up and appears as a legitimate repair technician. They open the ATM, oftentimes with a stolen key and they install malware using a laptop or USB drive. Hmm. A second or third defendant comes by, proceeds to extract all the cash. Sometimes they use like a special PIN number, which then literally empties the ATM. So it's not like Jackpot. you get a $500 or $1,000. If there's $40,000 in the, the cassette that's actually an ATM, they're getting every single last dollar. Yeah, that's very appropriately named because they hit the jackpot. They hit the jackpot. So you mentioned that you've actually gotten calls on these types of cases. Right. Uh, what kind of calls, like, related to the guidelines? Right. The main call is on the sophisticated means. And mm, to me, okay. it would appear that many of these types of cases involving the installation of malware would appear sophisticated and certainly coordinated by several individuals. So whether you have role in the offense, who's actually leading this conspiracy, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and just on a side note, to the ATM, I guess the jackpotting doesn't work on every single ATM. I guess there's only certain brands. So oh, that's interesting. Don't think that you're going to go to your ATM tomorrow <laughs> and just hope that <laughs> I'm going to punch in the right PIN number. That's and very interesting that it only yeah. works on certain brands. Right. Huh. I mean, there's so many different types of ATMs right. and levels of security, I guess, too. And certainly some of the keys for ATMs, like I mentioned, the guy had a stolen key in a previous one. Mm -hmm. You can buy some of those on 
Some the of dark the, web. <laughs> the dark web. Shocking, right? Right. Shocking. Now, there is a chapter two specific offense characteristic. We've alluded to that in the other podcast, the 2B1.1 B10C mm-hmm. for use of a sophisticated means. I guess then certainly the chapter three adjustment at 3B1.3 for the use of a special skill, both something that require a detailed analysis to see if they actually apply uh, in your particular case. Right, and we had talked about that in a previous podcast well, that chapter three adjustment. Right, because you're going to have some guys, like the guy that comes in with a PIN number and just takes out all the cash. I mean, certainly sure. his conduct is not very sophisticated, right. but certainly the, the individual is actually creating the malware or installing the, uh, the that malware into the system itself. It might be worth a, a detailed analysis. Exactly, so. exactly. Well, you know what, Pete? I really appreciate you taking time to talk with us about these emerging technologies. I certainly have learned a lot, uh, and it's not just informative, you know, we're also talking about how it impacts guideline application, but sometimes you just have to understand how the offense is actually committed before you can get into these guideline issues. So we really do appreciate you taking your time to talk with us, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you again soon. Good deal, thanks. This wraps up our episode of Sentencing Practice Talk, today brought to you by the United States Sentencing Commission. Thanks so much for listening, and be sure to check back often for new topics. Sentencing Practice Talk, a regular podcast on federal sentencing issues. Please be advised that information provided by the Commission staff is offered to assist in understanding and applying the sentencing guidelines. The information does not necessarily represent the official position of the Commission, should not be considered definitive, and is not binding upon the Commission, the Court, or the parties in any case. Thank you.